0: You are listening to The Star Coach Podcast with Meg Renschler, Episode 91.
1: The first part actually is about accepting what is. So if you want to take responsibility for creating change, you have to first be honest with yourself about what the reality is currently. What I find is that not just corporate executives, but all of us, we make a lot of assumptions about what other people are thinking, we make assumptions about what's going on in a situation, and so we find excuses.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I'm looking forward to once again sharing some strategies, tools, and resources towards our coaching and helping to strengthen our perspective or our approach, or give you some kind of tool to move forward with. Now, really, what we're going to do today is we're going to focus on perspective, and we're going to focus on mindset. One of the things that is often true, as we become clearer about the kinds of clients that we want to work with, and I'm actually going to do a show about creating clarity about that very thing. So stay tuned for that. But as we become clear about the kinds of clients we want to work with, it is not unusual that it turns out that we are very much like our ideal client, that maybe we have similar experiences or backgrounds, or that there is something in what brought us into coaching that leads us to want to work with the particular population. And that's very true for our guest today. Mike Karaklis is a speaker, an author, and a leadership coach. And he spent 20 years in the corporate world. And he likes to say he lived to tell about it. So when Mike began his career, he was filled with optimism and intentions to make his corporate life great. But as all of us do, he experienced incredible highs and really challenging lows. And that led him to author a book titled Corporate Life is Hell, How to Liberate the Leader Within You and Be Happy in Your Career. Now, Mike is coming to the show today to share some of this perspective with us and how it comes down to mindset. Now, I'm not going to give away uh, what he talked about because it's definitely worth listening to his interview. But I want you to think about whether you coach corporate leaders or family leaders or individuals who are trying to determine how they want to make it in life, or who they want to date, or whatever your focus is, it still comes down to mindset. And that is something that Mike can help us explore today. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to our interview with leadership coach, Mike Karakoulos. I want to welcome Mike Karakoulos to today's show. And Mike, thanks for joining the Star Coach Show today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I am really excited to talk to you about your new book. Tell me a little bit about your journey into coaching.
1: That goes back quite a few years. Uh, probably uh, will betray my age a little bit, but the first exposure I had to coaching was in 1995. I was in a training and development role, and we were delivering coach training to a sales force at a company that I worked with. And one of our classes was coaching for the inside out advantage. And that was my very first exposure. A few years later, I was an HR business partner and I took some more training and I started to do coaching with my internal corporate executives. And then about eight years ago, I made the decision to leave the corporate world and do it full time. And at that point I went back and got my certification from the coaches training Institute which actually had been the model that I learned years earlier. And so I've been full-time ever since about 2011.
0: Excellent. So one of the things you point out in your book, and since we're going to be referencing the book, why don't you share the title with us?
1: The title of my book is Corporate Life is Hell, How to Liberate the Leader Within You and Be Happy in Your Career.
0: Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, here's what I would say. That was my perception was that it was hell. And when I would tell people that, when I would use that language, there was usually a knowing laugh or a nod of recognition from people that had spent a lot of time in the corporate world because they got that idea. But I would say one of the, there's probably an important thing to point out about that title. So here's one thing I like to say, corporate hell is not a place, it's an inner experience. And that was something I figured out after I left with a little bit of distance and perspective which is that a lot of the things that were making me unhappy in the corporate world were not necessarily things that were beyond my control. And so when I truly realized that, I realized that it was some of my own failures in leadership that were leading to feeling like corporate life was hell. And and actually, when I figured that out, it was in a coaching session with my own coach when I came up with this idea for my professional purpose to be liberating corporate America from hell. And that was that was the first time that I ever called it hell. It was kind of a, a funny thing. It was a joke, and I didn't really tell people about that. You know, I didn't go around telling people I'm trying to liberate corporate America from hell, because I was a little bit shy about that. I felt like if I want to make my living in the corporate world, it's not really all that smart to call it hell. <laughs> but I would share it in private, and I would get these this recognition. So I started to realize I was onto something, and. It's an attention grabber, but where I go next with it is to go deeper and say it's more like an inner hell that you, that in my case anyway, and for many others, I created for myself and there's a way out of that. And that's what the book is about is how to get out of that.
0: Excellent. I think one of the things that stands out for me is that, you know, as you would share that with people, you would sort of get this knowing laugh or, and I definitely think that the corporate world can use some help. creating a more healthy environment. And that certainly, that's that piece that as I was reading this, I really resonated with you because while we come from different backgrounds, you come from the corporate background, I come from the psychotherapy background, that attraction to the coaching world was really very similar for us. I was seeing from a different angle what the corporate world, how it was impacting people with their mindsets and feeling very reactive in the therapy space. So therefore, I came into the executive coaching space, hoping to create some healthy changes at that angle rather than in the aftermath, which was happening in therapy. So I really resonated with that piece of your book and think that the change that you made will benefit many because it's been a pleasure to know you as a coach and the other thing that you said that I really want people to hear is that once again, you came to this realization through a session with your own coach. Yeah. How is having your own coach impactful to your work as a coach?
1: I would say that it's tremendously impactful. So in the three years after I left the corporate world, I went through coach certification. I, I did a lot of deep work with my own coach. Then I went through a year-long leadership program with the same school that I did my coach training with. And I would say in those three years, I developed more as a professional and even as a person than, you know, since maybe I was in grade school or in college. So it was a big deal for me working with a coach and getting coached and it had that impact on my life. And, And so... You know, in going through that training, it was pretty clear to me that this is the work that I was meant to do. And in fact, working with a coach to work on my own purpose in life and and professional purpose, it was clear. Let me share really quickly. The first life purpose that I came up with in a coaching session with my coach was I'm the liberator who frees people to live life consciously. And that may be where the Liberate Corporate America from Hell came from. But I, I truly see it as my calling now to you know, help others get to and, and grow along the same journey that I've been on, not necessarily in the same way that I have, but to help them find their path, just like great coaches helped me do.
0: So in what ways do you liberate others?
1: Well, I think to answer that question, you have to think about what are the things that maybe imprison us or keep us from being liberated. And I think a big one is fear. In fact, probably the number one is fear. And when I think about, you know, the ways maybe in my life that I let fear hold me back, it's difficult to overestimate what I might have achieved with my life if I hadn't held myself back with fear. So I think that's a big one. And I think that not everybody in the corporate world, at least, but maybe even in life in general, likes to admit that.
0: Right. Or the power. Really, if you look at many of the inhibiting emotions, their underlying emotion is fear. So anger is often underlined with fear. Disappointment or anxiety is often a fear based um, feeling and reaction. So you tapping into your own fear was really empowering for you. And when you work with clients around that aspect, what kinds of reaction do you get at sort of shining the light on fear?
1: Yeah, it's different with every client. Some clients are more ready to go there than others some will resist right away. Well, I'm just, it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's that I don't want to i not afraid p- of fear. Yeah. Or if we're talking about a given situation, you know, they said, I'm not afraid of taking this action. I'm just worried that such and such will be the result of that. And I said, well, how is that different from fear? You're still changing your own behavior based on a belief or a feeling that it's not going to go the way that you want, or that I'll be embarrassed, or that the people who are the senior leaders in the organization will judge me for having this perspective. And, and I know that was in the corporate world there, are a lot of things like that about needing to show up in a particular way to look the, the part and I know that was a challenging thing for me. I tend to be a, a pretty independent spirit and mm-hmm. corporate world can be a little bit constraining and to buck that or to get, sort of try to live outside of that system takes courage and courage is the antidote for fear which so a lot of the work that I do a lot of, when I think about liberating others to your earlier question a big part of it is how do I tap into their courage?
0: So you have a three-step formula that you outline in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So it's based on the idea that, first of all, the premise of the book is corporate life is hell because of failures in leadership. And while it's easy to point the finger at leaders around you that are failing, there's only one leader you can do anything about, and that's yourself. So this is a sort of three-step model for how do I show up differently as a leader so that I can create a different experience for me. And then even by extension, a different experience for the people around me. If, if I'm a big executive, a different experience for those who work for me. And so the three parts are show up, connect and take responsibility. And so, you know, show up. It's beyond the obvious. You got to show up every day. I think in the corporate world, we're pretty, pretty good at that or show, we show up on time and work long hours. The harder part about showing up is how you show up showing up with courage, showing up with purpose, showing up in in an authentic way. That second piece about connect is really about connecting with others. It's about connecting with yourself and about being present. And one of my chapters in that section is about uh, being present so consistently enough that people notice. And what that means is that's having presence. Executive presence is a term that everybody in the corporate world is familiar with. When we do these talent calibrations and we're assessing who's going to move on, or who's going to get the promotion, executive presence is an important element. And not everybody always understands that. I, I was going to sim- gonna
0: say, I think it means different things to different
1: people. It does. It does. And the approach that I've taken is that when you are present, and connected to the present moment consistently enough people will notice it and that's about having presence if you think about the people that you you know that have presence there is an energy to them and i think it's primarily because they listen they're very engaged with what you're saying they're in tune with what you're feeling and none of that's possible without presence Right, which is
0: very similar to coaching presence. So for our audience, as they think about executive presence, even if they align that with what, how they look at coaching presence, there can be some real similarities to that.
1: And I would actually take it further and say they're basically the same thing. You know, it, the, the idea of the, the ability to coach with presence is the same thing as leading with presence. And in fact, I think coaching is a, a particular type of leadership by the way. And
0: I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that. And actually when you bring that up, Mike, there's this example that just came to mind to me. And it doesn't always have to be a leader. It's it's everyone shows presence in the organization. So just earlier today, prior to this interview, I was in Dallas meeting a new client for the first time with her leaders and was waiting in the lobby. And two people came in to speak with the receptionist and without like listening in, but they were kind of loud. I could hear that they were new to the organization. The receptionist was being incredibly helpful and very tuned into what they needed, was connecting them with resources. And as they left, she stood up and said, Thank you for blessing my day for coming by and touching base with me, and before you headed out to connect with me. And I had to go and tell her how touched I was by her interaction with them because she was so present through that entire conversation and she might have, you know, this isn't my deal, this is other people, but she was connected with them and then she thanked them for blessing her day. I just uh, thought that that was such a gift to experience and such a way that she was present. So I had to share with the audience.
1: Yeah, no, that's a beautiful example. And it's the type of position where there can be a whole range of presence, you know, and so the fact that she's showing up in that way has an enormous impact. I think what she did was made people feel good. She impacted and affected people. She affected you and you weren't even part of the, of the conversation. And that's a big part of that step around connect is that not only do you have the ability to connect to yourself in the present moment, but you have, you have an impact on other people. And all of your leadership effectiveness is really driven by how much impact do you have on other people.
0: And the only way you can really have impact is to be authentic and genuine and present for them.
1: Um, That's what I think anyway. (laughs) And
0: I I would agree with you. And then your third step is take responsibility. Let's talk about taking responsibility.
1: Taking responsibility, I think, is often where executives anyway, tend to start. It's something that's natural for a leader who's used to being in charge out in front to say, "Okay, I'm going to take responsibility for this. And so that part may be easy, but sometimes what they do is they forget the first two steps. So if I'm just going to try to be in charge and control things and try to get people to do what I want them to do, they're going to run into trouble eventually. So this is about how do you build on showing up and connecting to then take responsibility. And the first part of it is why we can't create change here. You know, if only my boss were more enlightened, which by the way, is one of the things I was saying, if only my boss were more enlightened, life would be easier for me. I could do the things that I want to do in this organization. And this is about not letting those things be excuses, but starting out with my boss is who she is or is who he is. And the sooner I can accept him or her actually unconditionally, you know, and even finding compassion and respect for this person, the sooner I'm able to then have an impact on that person and create some change. And that's the the second part of it really is creating change. You know, rather than being a victim of circumstances, being a creator of your circumstances or being a creator amidst the circumstances that you find yourself in.
0: So all of it is very empowered. I mean, just listening to you kind of talk about a mind shift from being maybe victimized by the organization or just victimized by the overwhelm that can sometimes be a part of i don't know that i've ever worked with a leader and i worked with between being a therapist and being a coach i've worked with hundreds of leaders and there's always too much to do and not enough time to do it in and i'm not even a fan of using all-inclusive words but i would say that there's always too much to do and not enough time to do it in so shifting from that place of oh poor me to how can i create and become empowered
1: yeah And part of it too, is letting go of controlling everything and letting go of trying to do everything and trying to be perfect. And, you know, because there always will, you're right about that. There will always be more than you can accomplish. There will always be situations that you can't control. This is about staying present enough to have the impact that you can have and actually shape outcomes. You know, I I think that, Staying present because what usually happens when we don't have the impact that we want, or we can't control a situation, or somebody else is getting in our way, we get frustrated and we either fight or flight. You know, we either get into conflict and get an unproductive conflict, or we disengage from the situation. And the big part of my take responsibility step is how do you stay present? No matter what's going on, no matter what happens, no matter what the effect or the impact of your actions stay present so that you can continue to engage and continue to take action towards what you're looking for.
0: You know, one of your other pieces that really stuck out to me, and we kind of went past it, so now I want to put it in reverse a little bit and go back to your show up piece. And the show up piece that really jumped out to me was that being a leader is a choice. Hmm. And what are some of your thoughts around just that statement, being a leader is a choice?
1: Because I think that being a leader is defined by how you show up and what you choose to take responsibility for. In fact, my definition of leadership is taking responsibility for one's world. So every moment I'm faced with an opportunity to choose to be a leader or not. You know, if there's a situation where I wish were different, I can complain about it in my own mind, or I can actually take a step. If I'm having a conversation with somebody and it's not going well, or I think I don't want to be a part of it, I can... Keep my mouth shut or I can speak up and tell the truth. And all of these are leadership choices. It's the choice to not keep hidden what I think and feel, but to make it explicit in a constructive way. Now, that's that's part of the, the practice is learning how to do it in a constructive way, finding out the ways where you have the most impact as a leader. But ultimately, it's not conferred upon you by your position. You know, you don't have to get authority from outside of yourself This is purely a decision to either step up and lead in a given situation or let it go. And you can even decide, it can even be a leadership choice to decide not to get into an argument, not to fight for something that you want, because it may be that you feel patience is what's really needed right here. And you're still choosing to be a leader.
0: And as we pointed out, you don't have to have the title to be a leader. You can be a leader by the way you engage with your coworkers and by the way that you show up in the community. But one of the key pieces that you also focus on is values. And how do you help the leaders you work with connect with their values as they work through this process of what kind of leader do they want to be?
1: Yeah, it is a really important piece because it's hard to make the choice. When to be a leader and how to be a leader, if you really don't know what's important to you. So clarifying your values is incredibly important. And one of the things that I write about in the book is I don't so much do a values clarification exercise, although clarification is, is one of the outcomes, but I do what's called a values excavation. We already have within us values. We already, based on our, our entire life experience to date, we have an internal compass for what's more important to us than other things. And so, to me, it's a process of uncovering what those things are. Now we may or may not be honoring those values at any given time, but we can uncover what those things are. And I do that through very typical coaching skills. I ask. So we do a lot of, you know, powerful questioning and exploration to find out what drives, you know, if I were doing the work with you, it would be to what. Find out what drives, you know, the choices that you make, the work that you do. I might propose a lot of uh, hypothetical situations and ask you, you know, if, if you could start your own company and you could run it however you would want, how would you do that? What decisions would you make if you were to colonize another planet? and start a new culture. What are the choices that you would make? I I do the old exercise about, you know, it's your 90th birthday, and uh, you're looking back on your life and reflecting on what you've accomplished. What are those things that you want to have accomplished? These are all questions and explorations that can help you uncover what's most important to you.
0: And then that shows up in the way that people lead others and the way that they choose to manage. Just starting, this is a complete out of left field, but it just popped into my brain. So I'm going to throw it at you. And now you're looking a little nervous. When you coach people in leadership and you come from this place of, your history, and I don't know how much of your history do you share with the clients, or that you've written a book about corporate life can be how?
1: Yeah, well, I usually don't miss an opportunity to share that I wrote the book,
0: which you should. I mean, <laughs> that, that's your calling card, so that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, you know this as a coach; it's very rarely about me. In fact, in coaching sessions, it's almost never about me. So, but just yesterday, I was having a chemistry meeting with a client, and I shared quite a bit about my background and. I often say that this is the one time you'll find out as much as you can about me in this chemistry meeting. And, and so I'm very open about my experiences and I'm very authentic about what it was like for me in the corporate world. And it exists for me because I'm not saying that corporate life is literally hell. I'm saying it can be hell if you don't show up, you know, as a leader or if you don't you know, take responsibility for your own experience. And so I'm very open about that with people. And to the degree that they're experiencing it, I share some of my own experiences. I want to say one thing too, which is, you know, when I left the corporate world, I was a great advisor. I also, I think was a great coach too, but I was a great advisor and expert. And that's not always the best thing for a coach to be, you know, coaches are a good coach. will you know, find out From within you, help you find out within yourself what the right answer to your dilemma is, help you find the courage to go and and take that on. And so when I went through my coach training, I struggled with that a little bit. I went from one extreme all the way to the other and was trying to be a very pure coach and was keeping a lot of my experience to myself because I had been trained, you know, who am I to be the expert for this person's life? So I I actually was fortunate enough to have great supervisors and and teachers who helped me find that balance. And I bring that balance today with my clients. You know, it it is a tremendous amount of pure coaching, helping them uncover what's getting in the way, what's holding them back from being the leader that they can be. But then I also will offer my perspective. And that perspective comes from the 20 years working in the corporate world, the, the master's in organizational psychology, the hundreds of leadership books that I've read, I don't hold that stuff back. I share it as my perspective and then, you know, offer it up and then step back and to the degree they can make use of it. Great. And they can't always, I'll be the first to admit I've had, I've had more than one client who uh, isn't quite ready. So that that's the final thing I'll say is not every client is ready, ready to even to be coached or ready to take responsibility at the level that they could, or, or maybe even should. And so I don't take the perspective that you have to show up. I meet my clients where they are.
0: Right. And I think that when you focus on understanding that not every client is ready, not every client is ready to maybe embrace leadership from the perspective that would behoove them. (laughs) (laughs) maybe help them get to where they need to be. But according to who, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of meeting our clients where they are. I think that one of the things that you have stressed several times, and I'm sure the audience has heard it, but I want to reinforce is that the concept, even if you think about the title of your book, and the way that you mean it, if people just look at it as corporate life as hell, that's a victimization kind of thing. Corporate life is how in the mindset aspect makes it completely under our control. So I know that you've emphasized that several times in today's interview and I really want people to think about that that it does come to the place of what do we choose to be able to leverage? What do we choose to be able to determine how we're going to show up and how we want to respond and what we want to be able to Empower ourselves to do and others to do?
1: Yeah. Corporate hell is an experience, it's an inner experience. And I used to talk a lot about if you look literally at corporate life, it's a very cushy job. (laughs) You know, I mean, the buildings are air conditioned. (laughs) We got great coffee, good break rooms. A lot of new, you know, modern companies have ping pong tables and pool tables. You know, so to say that it's hell is to somebody looking from the outside would sound, especially somebody who maybe works in a very challenging, physically demanding type of of an environment, would say, "What do you mean it's hell? You've got the most cushy job out there." And so that really reinforces the point that this is about an experience. The title itself is. I used the title because it resonates for people. Mm-hmm. People who have spent time in the corporate world have had that experience, whether they've had it for the full time they've been there, whether it's just been in a particularly challenging situation, they've experienced it. So it's, it's intended as a pull-you-in catchy title. And then I hope that the subtitle sort of clarifies things, how to liberate the leader within you and be happy in your career. Such uh, a quote,
0: powerful subtitle.
1: Yeah, I had a book designer that wanted to insert the word not right after it is you know, like in a handwritten thing. So it would say corporate hell is not hell because that's really the the, the point of the book is right. that it's it's not hell. It shouldn't be hell. And yet we still do this to ourselves. We have this experience where it feels we can make ourselves feel miserable.
0: Which kind of ties in with that whole Eastern spiritual slant of the book. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I was even... Fully conscious of doing this when I started writing the book, but I've been on my own spiritual journey as well. And I would say that I've been through an awakening experience and not necessarily in a sudden way, but in a gradual way. And when I use the word liberate, that's really what I'm talking about. And it occurred to me when I was, you know, finally halfway done with the book, that that's what I was describing was my own process of liberation, which really is a process of awakening. And so, Another way, it was at that moment where I realized my title actually had another deeper meaning, which is, you know, the Buddha 2,500 years ago said, all life is suffering. And it's a phrase that's misunderstood quite often, but essentially it's this idea that We humans create a lot of suffering for ourselves in the way that we think, the way that we have an ego living behind our eyes. And and that's what creates suffering. And to the degree that we can transcend that and to realize that that's actually a fictional entity in our head, we are not two dual selves. When we can get to that point, we can transcend the suffering. And that's really the meaning behind this too. Corporate life is hell is before you've been liberated. And then you can transcend that and that suffering no longer need apply.
0: Oh, that's such good stuff. So Mike, why did you leave the corporate world?
1: I'm so glad that you asked that question of me, Meg. The immediate reason that I left was that circumstances had gotten to a point where I wasn't happy and fulfilled doing what I was doing anymore. And I needed to get a little bit of distance to discover why that was. When I look deeper at it, the reason the more important question to me is why haven't I gone back? Because I've thought about it and I've actually at times applied for jobs and that's tied in a more deeper way to the work that I'm meant to do in this world and what I want to do. And and the work that I do now is done much more easily outside of the corporate boundaries. So to be a trusted coach is very difficult to do internally. It's almost impossible to do it as an HR professional or even as an OD professional because the requisite level of trust isn't always there. I used to coach internal executives. And the fact that I was also speaking to their fitness in the role, whether or not they would get promoted, there is always a level of we can't be completely open with each other. So to do the work that I do, I can only do it outside. And then if I was inside, I would have there'd be a lot of bureaucracy with it and not just I find more fulfillment doing the work where I am.
0: Well, we're glad to have you as part of the uh, coaching world. Not that you wouldn't be if you were an internal coach, but Mike, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to share your book with us, to share your leadership formula and some of your deep thoughts about how we can not only partner with our coaches to explore their leadership, partner with our clients to explore their leadership, but also just kind of where leaders might be coming from because that mindset shift for us as coaches can be really powerful.
1: Well, thank you for that opportunity.
0: I really enjoyed my time with Mike and hope that you were able to gain some perspective as well. If you'd like to know more about Mike Karakoulos or about his book, Corporate Life is Hell, How to Liberate the Leader Within and Be Happy in Your Career, be sure to go to starcoachshow.com and you can find more information about Mike on our resource page. Mike has also given me a book for the book giveaway. Now, that's not the book that's in the book giveaway this week, but it is a book that's coming up. So you're going to want to sign up for the book giveaway so you can be in the drawing. Currently, the book that's in the book giveaway is Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose and Freedom. This is written by Cindy Henson, who was our guest in episode 81 and talk to us about coaching clients through overwhelm. But you got to get your name in the book giveaway for any of the books that are coming up, including Mike's book. I want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy day to spend time with the Star Coach Show. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every rating that we get increases our visibility and brings more listeners to the show and more guests to the show so until next week this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success have a fabulous week